0: Live from the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, John.
0: Hello, Todd.
1: Well, let's see. You know, there is some good news that just crossed uh, my email. Uh, You know, you and I were talking earlier, you know, that AutoNation took a chunk of money from the stimulus, right?
2: Yes, sir, and boy, did I see just how much this week.
1: 95 million. Yeah. Ouch. Guess what? Well, guess what? They're giving it back. They got shamed into giving it back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and Penske, it was interesting to see how they got shamed into giving it back because if I recall reading the story correctly, uh on Friday it said that they were exposed by a couple of insiders, a couple of employees.
1: It's possible. I don't know. I was just reading this, you know, article because it just came across my email that this has happened. And uh, Penske Automotive, which is also another gigantic uh, publicly traded dealership, uh, they got a I don't know how much I've been trying to find out just in the last couple of minutes here, but they got a huge amount of money, too. And they got shamed into giving it back, too.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, the
1: thing was. Shame does work sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time. What what they
2: did is they they did it completely legitimately, but in a nefarious way, in so much as they used various uh, different tax ID numbers that they had based on their operations in different states.
1: Right. They use different subsidiaries with different you know, amounts of uh, revenue to make that look like they would qualify for it. I mean, most of the, a lot of times these dealerships are separately incorporated. Each location is often separately incorporated. Yeah, there was a big you know, story
2: it, in the Washington Post about it on Friday. And – uh, it was a couple of employees who are remaining nameless uh, because they spoke, of course, on condition of anonymity because they were not authorized yeah, sure. to yeah. speak on behalf mm-hmm. of the company. But basically, they were the ones who, uh, I guess, exposed it. And you know, you, you wouldn't expect that from necessarily from an insider, somebody who's going to stand to benefit from it, but. Uh, More power to them for understanding that that company had more than enough money to cover uh, this at a time when other small businesses didn't.
1: Right, plus they have the public market. You know, these are publicly traded entities and they already have huge credit lines with big banks and they can go to the public market to get their money. There's a lot of smaller dealerships that are, you know, maybe five or six or seven or eight, you know, dealerships that are, you know, consolidated under under one you know, person ownership, they don't have a way to go to the public markets and they're not big enough to, you know, lobby Washington, D.C. to get, you know, whatever it is they need 10 million or whatever to hold them over or, you know, to pay their employees to get past whatever it is that we're, you know, going to go through before all these things open up again. So there's a lot, a lot of people did need it as we know, and they just passed the latest version of the stimulus with another, what is it? Almost 500 billion. Um, we'll see where that goes, but I'm always worried about where it's actually going to end up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whose hands it's going to be in. Um, well, th- 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 some good news though. Uh, I heard. Did you see this? Mazda is giving free oil changes and car cleaning to healthcare workers. It's a five million dollar program that kicked off on April sixteenth to give healthcare workers free oil changes and enhanced cleanings at Mazda dealerships. That's the, great. The de- yeah, the dealerships will use enhanced cleaning techniques on high touch surfaces, and the vehicles do not have to be Mazdas. So you know this is called essential care. Uh, then it was originated at a few Mazda dealerships, and the automaker decided to expand it nationwide. And it's meant to offer peace of mind to those in the healthcare, you know, healthcare workers during you know something like this is going on. that's unprecedented. Uh, Palm Springs Mazda is participating,
2: right? Which is part so, of the Palm Springs Motor Group, isn't it?
1: Uh, it's well, it's just Mazda, but. Oh, is it? Uh, Right, I mean, it, but it's uh, it's. I don't think it's the entire group. It, maybe it is the entire group, but uh, they just well, mentioned I'm just saying saying, aren't they? the
2: ones that are based uh, there with the Ford dealership on that, Highway 111 yes. and Rancho Mirage. Yeah,
1: that's right. I mean, yeah. the the, the Mazda dealership is part of that group. Now, whether the whole group is doing that, I don't know. But I do know that they were listed on the you know the the list of all the dealers that were you know, actually. I better be
2: careful here. I think I said Rancho Mirage, and that's Cathedral City there.
1: Yeah, I think it is uh, just at the very end of Cathedral City. Yeah. So they're but they're a participating dealer, which is good to know. So the, I think it's a great idea. And it, like I said, it doesn't have to be a, a Mazda uh, that they'll just do it for you. And they have a list of, you know, how you qualify. So it's not like everybody in the healthcare industry just gets to walk in. But, you know, it's first responders and doctors and, you know, those kinds of things and very nurses nice and just yeah. for the
2: company to do.
1: Yeah, the good. it's a good thing to do. Uh, so I, I, I was glad to see that. Um, Nissan, it's interesting what they're doing. They're laying off a ton of employees, and uh, sales are falling faster than the rest of the industry. Uh, but they are, they're, they are making room for the 2021 Rogue. The current Rogue debuted back in 2013, which makes it seven years old, which is, you know, in automotive terms, ancient. Uh, the 2021 Rogue is a complete redesign, but looking at it, most people wouldn't even notice the difference. Its styling appears to be similar to spy shots seen earlier, with a prominent split V grill So it looks like a, you know, it looks like a Nissan. You've seen Nissans, right. you know what they look like. It's pretty much looks like another Nissan, uh, but it is, you know, the, the headlights are a little thinner and it looks a little more modern. Uh, it looks like they're going to be built on. It is built on the Altima platform, so it shares the same sort of engines with Altima, which means it'll probably have a 2.5 liter inline four cylinder engine with around 180 horsepower uh, that should be the standard one, and Nissan might decide to offer what they call their V-C Turbo, a 2.0-liter inline four-cylinder engine with variable compression ratio, uh, at an upgraded as an upgraded engine for the Rogue. And all that really means is that it can operate like on a diesel compression level or a regular internal combustion, you know, gasoline compression uh, ratio. So I have it,
2: to say I've had really good fortune with nissans as have my friends that have had them
1: well they're they're not bad cars it's just that people look at them and they don't they don't excite them you know what i mean they're not like they, they don't doesn't get their blood you know moving very quickly and so they have had problems with falling but the the rogue is their number one selling car in the united states so it's a very important um, you know very important model for them Of you course, know, they're, 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 you know, when you redo, when you redo your number one selling mo- model it's important it should start around the same as it is now. So that's about 26395 for the base S. And it goes up to around 36000 for a fully loaded SL model. So look for more official news to come from Nissan in the coming, in the coming weeks and months as the company prepares to launch this very uh, important uh, nameplate in the United States, or, you know, redesign of it. Sure. Um, La- yeah, Land Rover is moving into Jeep and Bronco territory. Uh, we just learned that the new Land Rover, well, they, they just started selling the Land Rover Defender, and that's the that's the expensive one that you'll see at your Land Rover dealer. Um, and it's based, uh, you know, there's a Defender, Defender 90, which, interestingly, the, the short two-door one is more expensive than the uh, bigger four-door one, I guess, because it looks better. But the Defender uh, uh, 110, because the length of it is, I guess, how they're defining them, the Defender 110 starts at about $50,000. But now we learn that Land Rover has announced that they will build a Defender 80 uh, with a starting price of around thirty-three thousand. Uh, it won't share the same platform with the bigger, more rugged Defender. Uh, it'll be built on a front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive platform that's shared with its parent company, which is Tata Industries. Uh, it's there's a, a, Ta-ta? a, a Tata, Tata, T A T A. Okay, that's the name of the family. I'm going to leave Tata that Tata the chairman. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's an SUV called the Tata Harrier, and it's going to probably share its uh, platform with that car, uh, and it will be, but it will get the same uh, Jaguar Land Rover smaller two two liter turbocharged Ingenium engines. That that's the that's the class of engines that they just named it Ingenium. Uh, so it possibly includes a three cylinder. Uh, engine with a hybrid, uh, the plug in hybrid option. Uh, it's a direct competitor to the Ford Bronco Sport, which we haven't even seen yet, and the Jeep Compass. Um, it, they say it could be a competitor to the Wrangler. But I don't think it's anywhere near a Wrangler because a Wrangler is a, really a truck platform with a rear drive, uh, bet, you know. It's a rear drive platform with all wheel drive, and this is a front drive platform. So I don't think it's quite the same thing. But uh, people buy looks, as you know, and people love the look of a of a Land Rover Defender. They think it looks, you know, rugged. Right. And so, I think if you trade on the looks, it's the same thing with the, uh, this Bronco Sport, which is based on a Focus platform, a Ford Focus platform. Uh, it doesn't really share much with its big brother, the big, you know, the, that's going to be coming, the Bronco. That shares a truck platform with, like, the Ford Ranger. But the, um, but the, the Bronco Sport is basically, uh, uh, you know, a, a Ford Focus, which is also uh, the same platform that they use for the uh, Ford Escape. So it's a you know, it's a completely different animal. But people like the people like the looks of a Bronco. They like the looks of a defender. And if they can buy it for cheaper and it's good enough for their daily drive, which is what most people use these things for, I think it will probably sell well. Tesla had some good news in China. Uh, While most companies were still locked down, the factory there was back up and running in March. And the company delivered a record 10,160 Model 3 vehicles. The Chinese market will be very important to Tesla. The, The company is rushing to finish another huge building on the site. They haven't said what it's for, but it's massive. Uh, and we think it's going to be used for model Y production um, and maybe even battery production. So the Chinese EV market is the largest in the world. And Tesla already has a commanding lead in China. So this is one of the reasons that, you know, the the stock of Tesla's is uh, really flying higher these days. And that's one of the reasons is because they're, they still have sales in China and China is the number one EV market and that's what they make. So. I think Wall Street looks at at, um, at Tesla as the future, and they don't see GM or Ford as the future because those are you know fairly low valuations. Um, this week, Cadillac announced the pricing of their all-new 2021 Escalade. The bling-filled, you know, bling-filled land yacht starts at $77,490. Mm. <laughs> only a thousand more than the 2020 model. Uh, the higher price reflects a new generation of Cadillac stuffed with industry-first tech, like a massive 38-inch uh, OLED screen, wireless Apple CarPlay, and Android Auto, heated and cooled leatherette thrones, 22-inch wheels, 19-speaker sound system, and a 6.2-liter V8 mated to a 10-speed automatic transmission. There is also a 3-liter Duramax turbo diesel option that gets better fuel economy. Uh, Other options include a GM's autonomous driving system called Super Cruise, uh, twin 12.6-inch high-definition screens for the second-row passengers, And a 36 speaker AKG studio sound system with movie theater quality surround sound. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah, 36 speakers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, That's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, they, you have nine interior color and trim choices. Uh, you get rear compartment gains ten more inches of legroom, which is quite a bit, and it gets a 68 inch, a 68 percent more cargo space, uh, thanks to the extended wheelbase and a lowered floor. Uh, because the Escalade is the first t- first time it's going to have an independent rear suspension. Before it was d- before it was just based on a regular truck platform, which had a fixed rear axle. It just looked like a big T. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know. It, so this time it has an independent suspension. Um, l- lots more coming up. We have some fun things to look at later. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen, and you're listening to All Revved Up on iHeartRadio.
0: from the desert cities of Southern California. Your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now here's Todd Bianco.
1: Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. And we were talking about the new Cadillac, the 21 2021 Escalade before the break. And a couple of things that I I wanted to, like, you know, put in here is that it's going to be coming in what they call the Y models, their basic standard luxury trim. Then it splits between a sport or a premium luxury, and it gets totally blinged out in what they call the Platinum, which is their top level range. Now, Cadillac thinks that this is going to be their best selling car as usual and that it will power them out of this doldrums they're in because of the COVID-19 slowdown. They think this is going to be their big engine to come back. And it may very well be the case because here's the scary news sales of pickup trucks were down only 18% so far in April amid an industry wide decline of 56%. And the average hmm. transaction price for a pickup truck is $42,000. So that's a gigantic difference between. Total industry of 56% down, but big pickup trucks and SUVs are only down 18%.
2: Yeah. And the other thing, <laughs> I saw a story this week that that because of the COVID-19 crisis, that drive-in movie theaters may be a big thing. And if you That's can right. have a drive-in movie theater in your car with 36 speakers surrounding you with sound, you yep. might not need to even go to the drive-in movie
1: yeah, yeah, I was going to talk Unless about that. Unless you just want to be there amongst a bunch of yeah. other
2: people and not be able to talk to them, but see them from one car to the next while you're watching a movie with all that kind of surround sound.
1: That's right. Well, I mean, I, I know that most car you know, sound today is actually far better than it was back in the drive in days, as you know. Of course. Uh, well, maybe you don't remember, but I remember drive ins oh, and they I were do really too. crappy. And, uh, you know, you had that little speaker you hung on your window or later they, you were allowed to tune into like the AM radio station right. that carried the, the broadcast. And those little speakers, and, they sounded, you know, something like a telephone. Yeah, they were absolutely terrible. But, I mean, it was, you know, part of the fun of just going to a drive-in, I guess. But, I, I mean, if you could actually just, you know, tune into like an FM stereo station and pump it through your car's sound system. I mean, I know that the sound system in my Tesla is phenomenal. And you know to be able to pump it through there and watch it like that. But the problem is, is that there aren't a lot of drive-ins left. The the article I read said there were over 300 drive-in theaters still around, but according to Hollywood Reporter, only 25 of them are actually operating. Wow. So I mean, there's there's one in New York, I believe, that they wanna they wanna start showing you know films again. You know, after they wanna be one of the first theaters to reopen.
2: Well, I know that there were some stories uh, here back around Easter because there were some churches that were doing them in drive-in uh, theaters, doing their church services in them.
1: That's right. I think that there's some there's some drive-in uh, lots that are still out there. They're not actually functioning as. Yeah, as uh, you movie know, for driving. Yeah. I mean, for actually w- watching a movie. And I think that some of the uh, the, the big uh, churches can just do that and have their I, I mean, I think that's fine if they want to do that. That's fine. It makes much more sense than everybody getting together and getting sick. Right. You know, because that that has happened that there's been some preachers who said, oh, it's not going to happen to me. And then they get sick and die. So uh, I think I'd rather I think I'd rather live.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You go and have your uh, dose of the good book and just uh, sit, you know, more than you're six feet away
1: from the next car. That's right. I think I think just about any sort of scenario would put you pretty far, you know, far enough away. Plus, if you've got windows up, and you know, I don't think you'd have to even worry about somebody sneezing in a car next to you. I don't think that that's a problem. No, uh, and you could probably take.
2: I- Communion from a uh, Tesla-made <laughs> robot or
1: something. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if they're giving wafers anymore. I I, I heard that they may not be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because it's, you know, it's given by somebody with their hand on it. And, right. you know, how many people come up to the, you know, cough on your hand or something. Right. it's That's probably not a good idea Here, right let me now. I mean, I understand ball. people wanting to do it, but, I you know, it's probably not a good idea right now. Yeah. So I, I do think that that's a... Uh, you know, I think it's a possibility, though, to have the drive-ins again. But I don't know if that's going to be enough because Hollywood needs a bit, much bigger distribution uh, <laughs> chain than just a few drive-in theaters around the country. Of course, they do. Uh, You know, th- there's no way you can make any money on a 1st round you know, theatrical motion picture if you. So, you know, seventy-seven only don't have that.
2: grand for that car.
1: Yeah, um,
2: it's a, it's a bargain. It's a bargain if you compare it to what it would cost you to buy a sedan and. Your own home movie
1: theater—that uh, is true. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I have a feeling that that's a little bit of an uptick tick from the basic seventy thousand so. dollars model. My guess is they haven't actually priced the act, the you know, the the uh, uh, every single trim level and every single option. But my guess is that that's not a cheap one to, to, to go. So you know, we're, we're we have we have a lot to talk about when it comes to bring bring a trailer and. Uh, you know, we, we might be able to do that in an hour or two. I've got another thing that I think you'll be very interested in is um, I saw an article about uh, car uh, songs to test a new car stereo with.
2: Ah, that sounds Yeah, like fun. so
1: let's talk about that after the break. But okay. you're listening to Todd Bianco and John McMullen. This is All Ripped Up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. ¶¶
0: From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco.
1: Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. This may be something more in your line because you've done a lot of radio in your career, obviously. And you probably even played some music at some point in your life, right? At some point at some point, I know you've done talk and you're (laughs) most of the time, but uh, I found an interesting article on Motor Trend that says, you know, they had, they talked to each one of their editors and said, you know, what would you, you know, what, if you were test driving a car, uh, what would you put on to test the sound system? Because these days sound systems, you know, we just talked about this thing in the Cadillac, which is going to have, you know, umpteen thousand speakers. And uh, the one in the Tesla is. It's all Tesla design because apparently uh, Elon is a big audiophile. And yeah. they when they pitched him on the Model 3, somebody was trying to like get a lot of money out of him. And he said, screw you, we'll just do our own. And they just did their own. So if you look at the actual speakers and the subwoofers. It just says, you know, just has a Tesla brand on it. It doesn't have, you know, like a Bose or, you know, a Harman Kardon or any of those types of things. It's a, just a Tesla brand because he decided it was cheaper just for them to do their own version of it. And it's a really amazing sound system. And uh, so, the, but there's a lot of cars these days that even even your base cars have some pretty good systems that you would never have had in the past. So, I was going through their list, and I, honest to God, did not know a lot of these songs. So I went to iTunes, and I started to, you know, like, you know, what is this song, and what is that song, because I simply didn't know. Um, Now, their editor-in-chief, his name is Mark Recton. he uh, used to live here in uh, Los Angeles. I think he moved to Michigan to take this job. And his song, he had a couple, but he said, A Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing by Chris Isaac. So he says, if your car stereo is exceptional, you can hear Roland Sally's fingers slinking across the strings of the truly sultry opening bass riff accompanied by Isaac's vocal range that sweeps from grumbly baritone to heartbreaking falsetto with the ever so noticeable voice break. So, okay. uh, so that was an interesting one. He tested this in a Land Rover Range Rover Velar seventeen-speak seventeen-speaker eight hundred and twenty-five watt Meridian system, and then another one he said was the Cherub, cherub Rock by the Smashing Pumpkins. This is the ultimate wall of sound a uh, song most uh, car stereos cannot process the myriad of layers and distorted distorted sonic sludge that Billy Corrigan laid together on this track <laughs> instead just tur- turning it into a disappointing mid-range mid-range mush but the Harman Kardon system in the BMW X5 is a match for the snarling Billy and his band of noise <laughs> Did you know do you know that song I do not <laughs> I had to play it myself. I think if you heard it, you'd recognize it, but I didn't recognize it by name. Okay. Uh, this is this is another one, California Nights by Best Coast. Never heard of them.
2: Nope, me either. <laughs>
1: This echo and reverb-drenched psychedelic tribute to the Golden State is a challenge for any stereo system, and its own digital effect, and it has its own digital effects processor. Uh, and he's looking. He says he tried it in the uh, Volks, uh, the Volvo XC90, with the Bowers and Wilkins system, uh, and it was an amazing sound. He decided, and he even tells you where in the uh, where to turn up the volume at the one eighteen mark. <sighs> Again, I've never heard of it, but I, when I when I went to iTunes and listened to it, I can see it being uh, you know a good thing to test your yeah. you know, to test your sound on. Now another editor, uh, John uh, Lieber, Johnny Lieberman uh, said for, he went to this this one I have never heard of it. It's called Dope Throne. the entire, the dope throne, the entire album by electric wizard. Okay. I went to listen to this thing and a funeral dirge sounds happy by comparison. I am telling (laughs) you it is the most depressing sound I have ever heard in my life. Now, I mean, I guess he said that he tested this on the Lincoln MKX and they had it in there and you know, it it just, you know, I don't know. I've, I can't imagine trying to play it. I mean, he talked about playing U2. I've heard of them. Coldplay, I've heard of them. But this one, I've never heard of. Then there was another one, he said, called the No Big Surprise by No Means No. Never heard of them. So off their generic Shame LP, this song is a dynamic roller coaster, uh, from throbbing bass, uh, bass-heavy 6-second long main riffs to a 70s rock-worthy drum solo that manages to transition into a Buddy Rich Dennis Chambers quality drum solo to dueling stereo guitars to an a cappella a- 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 breakdown uh, that shames all other singers. Okay. I listened to this thing. It was absolutely horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely terrible. (laughs) And he said he tested this in a Rolls Royce Phantom, (laughs) you know, and uh, and a Bentley Mulsane. Uh, So those have have pretty good sound systems.
2: You know, I have to say that there's something else that factors into this, too. And that depends on what is the source of the audio in terms of the codecs that it's at, if it's uh, if it's compressed, I mean, I would never listen to anything and make a determination based on it being, for instance, an MP3 that's so compressed uh, that it's it, not gonna it's not gonna be decent. I mean, really, the only um, codec outside of having a literally a, a wave file, maybe. Uh, would be an AAC high-end codec. So that plays a factor too. But I would tell you my two choices uh, if I was going to listen to something knowing what the range of music I like is, but also um, where I'm going to hear some uh, what I know to be great studio production uh, techniques that were used when making the original recordings. I would probably uh, use the song by Foreigner called Urgent. And, yes. and I, that was, at its time in, in 1980, 81, uh, mm-hmm. that was perhaps one of the most technologically advanced produced albums that there was. And another, uh, which uh, goes back a little further than that, but uh, because of the dynamics of the music and the effects and whatnot that are in it, would be uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you know, that's on my list. As a matter of fact, the wall is amazing. It's it's truly a and, you know comfortably numb is the big you know hit single, but to listen to uh, you know David Gilmore's guitar solo on that is truly stunning.
2: Yeah, on and, a good
1: on a good one, And, on a good you know. You know and a I
2: heard probably um, with that song when I went to Desert Trip a few years ago out at the uh, out at the you know the festival grounds here. Mm-hmm. Um, they put in a sound system specifically for that song to give uh, an effect I had never heard before, which was really the most three-dimensional sound system uh, effects that I've ever experienced in hearing the effects portions of that music to go along with Roger Waters' performance there. And uh, that was extraordinary hearing uh, this three-dimensional sound affecting of like the the helicopters coming through and and things Mm -hmm. like that. So um, from a standpoint of really getting a great sound system in a car stereo, that's what I would probably want to use to to hear, you know,
1: at most what is the quadraphonic range of this. Right. Now I I can actually say I saw the wall being performed live. So uh, not many people have anymore. It was a long time ago. God was a seventy-nine. It was a long time ago, but I saw the performance in Los Angeles. They only did, what New York, Los Angeles, London, and Paris, and Rome, something like that. Yeah. And it was an amazing show. Um, one of the other things he has on his list here, and this one I recognize, and actually it is a, it has some really heavy highs and lows, is when the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin. Uh, that that can really you know dr- drum your ear you know eardrums out. Yeah. Um, let's see another one that they had was uh, Don't Speak I Came to Make a Bang by Eagles of Death Metal <laughs> Okay, Uh, Adrenaline Raising Number from the Eagles of Death Metal's sophomore album is my go-to song for testing an audio system in a performance car. Opening with a steady beat from the snare drum, kick drum, and hi-hat, the song quickly ramps up uh, with the grungy guitar riffs uh, that give the band their characteristic lo-fi sound. Uh, There you go. Uh, Another one that they came up with was Nobody's Perfect by J. Cole featuring Missy Elliott. And there were some really heavy bass numbers in that. So I guess if you're looking for bass, uh, I you know again these I did not know. I had to go listen to them on iTunes to figure out what the hell they were talking about. Um, here's another one: a certain rom- a certain romance by the Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> I listened to it. It's actually pretty damn good. Hmm. (laughs) Never heard of it before. But as you know, you know, high, you know, guitar, high notes. It starts with a wipeout reminiscent single stroke roll of a a low torn unravels into a poetic dynamic romp of a rock song and close out with the Arctic monkeys, 2014 debut album. Okay. And then how about restore the feeling by Daniel Caesar featuring, uh, Sean Leon and Jacob Collier. Uh, a very oral, a very ethereal time, type of sounding thing. Uh, so I found that interesting. But
2: how often uh, do you think, Todd, that people actually go car shopping with that uh, in their forethought and, and think to take their music with them?
1: I think there's some people who do. I actually think there are. Really? Uh, yeah, I do. I think that especially in the music industry and and some of the and people in the film industry, they do that because they listen to a lot of things in their car you know, you know, killing time or, you know, while they're in traffic.
2: Yeah, I guess I, I tend know, to think that people who are really aficionados like that are probably going to rip out whatever's in the dash and and have, a you know, an aftermarket product put
1: in. But You're, you're not going to do that on a $100,000 Oh, not, no. You're just not. I mean, you know, it, 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 I don't think people put in their own aftermarket stereos much anymore. I really don't. I think they put them in the old cars, but I don't think they put them in the new cars. Um, here's, here's one I found that Artha, A-R-T-H-A by Anna, never heard of it. Absolutely kick ass. <laughs> so, uh, and then there was another one they called Aether, A-E-T-H-E-R by Kokomo. I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, Wilkie by Roman Fugel. I thought it was terrific. Uh, you know, who knew it's all about balance, I guess, because it is, you know, it gives you this whole surround sound thing. Uh, here's one, you know, uh, Paradise Cup by Coldplay. I thought that was interesting and then there was one that they said hallelujah by bamboo never okay i i found, i listened to it it was absolutely horrible you couldn't even recognize it as being that you know hallelujah <laughs> um uh, let's see um and my where was, choices where were was the I, list at uh this was in motor trend okay uh my my go-to's are a couple i had I had Pink Floyd on there, but I also went to Dark Side of the Moon. I could listen to the entire Dark Side of the Moon and just, you know, from song to song to song, you know, it has some pretty highs, you know, lows. The guitar is amazing. Uh, I also could listen to Wish You Were Here, you know, constantly every day, except that's a little depressing. I also really, really like the B-52s, their first album album planet Claire Mm. dear God that rocks that that, that, the house down in my in my in my Tesla it just like shakes with the bass (laughs) we'll have to go for a ride so it's interesting stuff so uh, you're listening to Todd Bianco with John McMullen this is all revved up on iHub radio we'll be right back I gotta go look for music (laughs) that's right
0: Weather, truth, and fun. We're iHub Radio, homegrown in the Coachella Valley. For the love of cars, this is All Revved Up. Here's
1: Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. I have some some geek stuff. if People wouldn't want to hear it. Um, this guy named Sandy Munro, M-U-N-R-O, he um, he has he's been doing this for you know like 25 years. What he does is he cuts apart cars and then puts together gigantic books to tell manufacturers how they could better do their job, how they could save money, how they could you know improve something. You know, and he literally takes the car and, 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 you know, he buys it. They don't give it to him. He buys it because it's, you know, it's his opinions on things. But he puts together like, you know, thousands of pages for them to look through and to study what they did or what they could do better, what they could use to make, you know, sound deadening, what they could use that's lighter weight, those kinds of things. He started a YouTube channel recently where he's been chopping apart a Tesla Model Y. And he puts out a video once a day, uh, you know, you get a little email saying here it is, and he goes over, you know, it's a five or six minute, it's not a long video, but five or six minutes where he's chopping up, you know, the, the tailgate or the, the sound system or the, uh, you know, the, the, the air conditioning system or the, the battery or the electronic control modules or something. And he's really very, very good at it. And he really knows what he's talking about. And, I mean, he, you know, he, he's got his little white marker that a mark on the car, what they could do better, what they did better this time over the Model 3, how they've learned, how they could fix this. You know, he really is very, very good. And so people want to geek out about these kinds of things. He's really the, you know, he's the master. He's been doing it for a long time. That's his business. Uh, the Tesla he's not making a lot of money on because he's not getting paid for, you know, by anybody for, you know, Tesla doesn't pay for this kind of uh, research. But the other, you know, big car manufacturers do pay him and they, you know, they pay him, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for any you know, particular breakdown. But they also save millions when they, you know, change their manufacturing techniques or impl- or improve something so this is a guy to go, you know, go to his YouTube channel, Sandy Monroe, and uh, subscribe to it and check it out when he has his, you know, daily, daily videos that come by. Is that M O N R O E? M M U N R O. Okay. M-U-N-R-O. Sandy Monroe. M-U-N-R-O. And he has Monroe Live. He has his daily, and he, he ends each one by saying, you should tip all your cashiers wherever you go because they're putting their lives on the line and they're helping people and all that kind of stuff. He's really, you know, he seems like a pretty nice guy. Um, <clears throat> some things I wanted to say about General Motors. Now, you know that uh, General Motors des- decided to, to, um, to go with the Trump administration against California and their ability to set their own emission standards. It apparently is costing them. In a poll for the Union of Concerned Scientists, which is a left-leaning group, but they uh, polled 1,000 General Motors owners. And 51% who initially said they would definitely purchase another GM vehicle in the future changed their minds after learning that the automaker stands uh, against California's emission standards. In addition, 76% of respondents said that uh, that their opinion of the automaker would improve if GM reversed its position and supported stronger regulations. The sentiment seemed to carry across party lines. Now that's the surprise. 82% of Republicans and 93% of Democrats surveyed said that uh, GM should support stronger emission standards and measures to improve gas mileage. Other factors that played into the respondents, dimmer view of GM included the closing of the Lordstown, Ohio factory and the lack of progress in producing cleaner cars, which respondents viewed as violating GM's 2009 bailout agreement. So I thought that was interesting. Very much so. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they really shouldn't be against California. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a mistake in the long run. I understand that the General Motors makes all their money on, 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 um, you know, trucks, but so does Ford and Ford sided with, with California. So go figure. Right although german car dealerships opened this week i don't think it's enough they uh, they went to the government in germany to pass an eco scrappage plan to spur sales of evs and other fuel efficient vehicles the dealers went to the, the the german government not the other way around and they because they want to make germany look like they're environmentally friendly and that they are they want to spur the german auto industry to go into the ev range into the plug-in hybrids range which is but how they think will, you know, give them their better image as they go forward as it is general. I mean, uh, Germany gets something like 50 to 70 percent of their electricity from solar now. Uh, so they're they're trying to go to net zero and, you know, the whole country and the dealers there want basically uh, cash, you know, cash for not for, you know, they're going to get rid of the clunkers. They've done this before. Like we did it here. We did cash for clunkers and they they did something like that in Europe back uh, after the great recession, uh, they want to do this one though for clean cars as opposed to just for any car. And I thought it was nice that the dealers went to the, you know, went to the government as opposed to the other way around. Right. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, GM in Detroit, and this is something good that GM did. GM and DTE, which is the electric electric utility in Detroit, have partnered what is, for what is claimed to be the largest renewable energy investment yet in Michigan. The investment would allow GM to assemble its upcoming electric vehicles like the GMC Hummer SUV with clean power. Through the investment, in additional 500 mega five hundred thousand megawatt hours of solar panels expanding its its existing condition uh, commitment to the Michigan Green energy Power Program um, to uh, eight hundred thousand megawatts. Um, it would include that the power would be enough to um, to power their entire uh, headquarters. the headquarters is at the Renaissance Center in Detroit. it's like there's it, it's like a bunch of uh, silos. It looks like a bunch of tubes. Right. That that's sort of like uh, yeah. It's with gold probably glass. the most distinctive thing in the uh, Detroit skyline. Right. I mean, it's it's. I'm not sure if it's nicely referred to as the tubes, but um, you know, it's uh it's 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 pretty it's pretty obvious. You know, it's pretty prominent in the skyline of Detroit. You can't miss it. It kind of looks um,
2: like the Westin Bonaventure Hotel in downtown
1: Los Angeles on steroids. Uh, it it does. Except the Bonaventure is much more iconic. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and is in many more films, I think. Uh, it, but it would also, so it, it would power the headquarters. It would power their uh, Orion and the Detroit Hammond Track uh, assembly plants, which are going to be doing EVs. Uh, so it's enough to power a lot of different things. And, you know, GM is saying this is part of their, re, you know, dedication to renewable power. So I guess that's something, but they're going to be building, of course, big you know, big SUVs. And, but the other thing they're going to be building is something called the cruise origin, which looks like a loaf of bread, which is an autonomous vehicle that just basically, you know, it it doesn't look like it has a front or a rear. It just looks like a, you know, a a big rectangle and it, you know, doors open, you get in doors, close and you go somewhere. And then, you know, opens again when you get there, there's no driver or anything. It's just Hmm. an autonomous vehicle. That's, that's called blue. You know, that's called, yeah. uh, it's I don't know if I want to get into a
2: into uh, a bread loaf.
1: I don't know, but it's it's kind of interesting. Canoe's doing one of those too. Uh, when we get back after the news at the top of the hour, we're going to talk about uh, Bring a Trailer. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. This is all revved up on iHub Radio.